You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. Welcome to those of you who are, are with us uh, for uh, at the internet tonight. If this is your first time tuning in, hello, how are you? We love you. We're glad that you're tuning in. Can we give them a big hand tonight for tuning in? Uh, that'll be great. I um, want to also encourage you that the next two Wednesdays coming up, next week, Wednesday, and the following, Pastor Tim's going to explore how to study the Bible and a real-life topic. And I think that's an awesome thing. Um, I don't know anybody um, who just enjoys the process of just getting in and digging things out of the word like Pastor Tim does. So when you get somebody like that, a true teacher, that's what he really is. I'm really an exhorter that can teach. He's a teacher that just, he teaches, you know? So when you sit down, he'll show you some uh, key ways to dig into the Bible and just to show you some simple ways that you can dig out some treasure for yourself when you're at home during the week. So make sure that you're here for July 27th and August 3rd, because he will be here doing that for the next two weeks, how to study the Bible. You want to make sure that you're a part of that. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, It's a privilege and honor to bring the word to you tonight. I want to talk to you for a few moments. Um, If I was to title this tonight, it would be keep turning inward. Keep turning inward. I want to talk a little bit tonight about being aware of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God that abides in each and every one of you as a believer. And as we keep turning inward, I believe that wonderful things will happen in your life and God will meet you right where you're at. Uh, turn to Isaiah 26, three, if you have your Bible or if you have your iPhone with you version on it or your smartphone with, I see so many people now bringing their smartphones to church and it's like, I don't bring my Bible anymore. Just bring my smartphone, which is very cool. Uh, take advantage of technology all that you can. I encourage you to, I just was able to get a new Bible study program for my Mac and I'm real excited to dig into that and figure out how that all works. Um, so I encourage you to, uh, take, take and leverage technology for yourself. It's, it's a good thing if it's used right. It's a good thing. Keep turning inward. Oh, by the way, uh, as you're turning to Isaiah 26, three, my son, Sam is, is a lot of, you know, um, we dropped him off at the airport last week, Monday to go to Australia, uh, for two years. Uh, he's at Hillsong Bible college. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a rough one. I got to be honest with you. He's 18, almost 19 years old, but he seems like he's 28 sometimes. He's our oldest. So you know how that goes, but uh, that was a rough one. Mom was clutching. I thought I was fine. I was totally fine until Jennifer's clutching to his big frame. Like, like he was leaving forever, you know, just crying. And, And we were just, you know, tearful goodbyes, but it's just such a great thing when you know, your kids are in the will of God. You know, so that's awesome. That's awesome. So funny, funny story. Not kind of, fu- kind of funny, haha, but funny story. He got there and of course, uh, in Sydney, he said, it's like the coolest version. Cause we, I took him, his dream was to go to New York city. And so I took him last year, uh, as like a graduation present. We went together and spent five days in New York city and really cool place to visit. Wouldn't want to live there, but it's a great place to visit. I know we got a lot of New Yorkers here. If you're from New York. Yeah, we got a lot of people from New York. Um, But, uh, um, you know, I took him there. So he's like, you know, Sydney is just like an extremely awesome, cool, clean version of New York. 
you know. And so to get around the city, I guess, a lot of people ride bikes. And he works for Apple. So he bought a bike because Apple even pays for it, you know, if you buy a bike. So he bought a bike and being 18 years old and, and, and learning how to, you know, navigate in the real world. Well, he locked his bike up, but didn't quite lock it up right. And somebody stole it. So major bummer, right? I mean, in Australia, the cheapest bike that he could find at that point, because he was just trying to get a bike, was 450 bucks for a bike. Get this, can of Murray's. I don't know, some of you younger folks use this stuff. If I had that much hair as y'all had, I'd use it too. But it's Murray's, it's this waxy paste stuff for your hair. Costs two bucks here in the States. You know how much it is there? $40. Crazy, right? So, so 450 bucks for this bike. And, um, and uh, so Sam uh, uh, bought this bike and, and got it stolen. But I've been proud of him because he's been seeing God come through. You know how kids grow up in your home and they see mom and dad walk in faith, or at least we hope they see mom and dad walking in faith. And they kind of, you know, live out, well, this is how life is and this is how God answers prayer. But when they start to believe God on their own and get God to do things for them, it's a real joy to watch, isn't it? I mean, I know some of you parents have been there. You're doing that. Um, uh, so he got the bike stolen. He said, dad, I just thought, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to really trust God. And my wife talked to him and talked through him through some things and prayed with him. Turns out, you know, the Bible says in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If we really believe that verse, we wouldn't freak out about anything. So what happened was his visa, which he didn't know, Jennifer, uh, uh, Sarah Ibarra, uh, over disciple you you should go to it it's amazing uh she said jennifer i think sam's probably got a visa that has insurance on it and maybe they'll pay for it since it got stolen sure enough they the visa paid for the bike and he was able to get a way better bike a lot lighter bike and a lot more city uh uh, uh good you know, good around the city type of bike because it got more educated talking to more people for 300 bucks so there you go you know so just little things like that, little victories in faith. I want to encourage you, rehearse your victories. Remember what God did in the past. Well, God isn't, I, I just haven't seen anything really happen for me lately. Well, has God ever done anything for you? And if he has, go back to that place and begin to thank God and rehearse your victories because God did it then and he'll do it now and he'll continue to do it. Amen. So I, I told you I'm an exhorter. I, I, I do the, I do have, I, I will teach you some things tonight, but I just love to encourage people. Don't give up. You know, don't give up. Don't quit. God is going to come through. Besides, like Pastor Tim always tells us, what are you going to quit to? There's nothing to quit to. Well, I'm quitting. That's it. I'm done with God and everything. Really? Well, how's that going for you? That doesn't work. So we just got to hang in there. If you're here tonight and you're like, oh, if you only knew how discouraged I am, hang in there. This is a word from God to you. God is going to come through. It may be 1159 and 59 and a half seconds, but God will come through and take care of you. Guaranteed Bible promise. Amen. 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 Okay. Find Isaiah 26, three. <laughs> okay. Isaiah 26, three in the new King James says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
I like what it says in the Amplified. It says it even better to, uh, to what I'm trying to bring my point across tonight. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. How many of you like peace? I'm a big fan of peace. Dump it here, God. You know, I'm a big, big fan of peace. I am not a big fan of turmoil, anxiety, and stress. Not a big fan of any of those. Can take all those, push them to the side, and let me have the peace of God. Difference between um, us as believers in Christ Jesus and the rest of the world, that's a huge one. Peace. No matter what you're going through, peace. And so I want to explore a little bit tonight. Because I've been thinking through this a little bit. When am I the most happy? You ever really thought about that for a moment? You know, when, when in life am I really the happiest? And for me, I'm sure this is a lot of you, I'm happiest when I feel connected to the presence of God and I feel connected to and walking and abiding in God's peace. That's when I'm really happy. doesn't matter if I've got a lot or a little doesn't matter if great things are going on or nothing's going on. If I'm connected to God's presence and I'm experiencing his peace, which is always connected to his presence, there is just something about life that you just love. And I want to figure out, okay, if that's the case, then how do we stay connected to God's peace? Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. It says right here, he'll keep us in perfect peace. If our mind stayed on him because we trust in him, it shows if we'll keep our mind stayed on him, it shows that we trust in him. So let's just take that practically. What does that mean? Well, if you keep worrying and worrying and worrying, you are not trusting God. It's real simple. It's real simple. If your mind is stayed and you're allowing your mind to be stayed on that, you're not trusting the Lord. So what we need to do is to to be that person that trusts in God, we need to keep our minds stayed on the right things. So Romans chapter eight, verse five and six says this, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, say that's me, the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, what is carnally minded? Being carnally minded is keeping your mind on everything else but God. And let's take that from keeping your mind on bad things to keeping your mind on things that maybe aren't bad, but they're just not helpful. How many of you out there like sports? Guys, you like sports? Yeah, I love sports. I mean, I, I totally dig sports. There's, there's not many sports that I don't like. Well, there's a couple, but there's not that many that I don't like. I love playing golf. That is my little getaway for the week, to go chase a white ball around the course and beat the snot out of it. I love that. That's, that's, that's just a blast to me. Even if it's 90 and humid and it's four hours out there and I'm drinking Gatorade after water just to stay deep, you know, uh, to stay hydrated. Man, I love that. It's just relaxing for me. I enjoy it. I enjoy watching golf. Now, some of you ladies are going, oh my goodness, like watching paint dry. 
I felt like that too, you know, until you start playing the game and you realize how amazing these guys really are. But I just love sports. But sports for me can become a distraction. Really can become a distraction where my mind is stayed on that the White Sox win last night. I wonder what place. I'm always checking the standings, my ESPN app on my phone. Oh, okay, good, good. What, is the NFL, is the NFL lockout over yet? And all those things, they're, they're seemingly harmless, right? I mean, it's something that we enjoy, but if you're too much into it, sometimes that can become a distraction to you. Ladies, let's touch in your, your place a little bit. How many of you ladies like to decorate your home? Some of the ladies are like, oh my gosh, you know. My wife, this is the truth. If you've ever been to my house and then you come back six months later, my house looks nothing the same that it did six months ago. My wife does um, furniture and, and redoes furniture and shabby chic stuff. And she finds cool stuff. And this is her promise to me. If I keep something, I will sell something else. So funny story. Lady, um, a friend of ours, next door neighbor, you know, came over and said, hey, does your... Does your wife still have that door? You know, because she gets these old shabby doors. And I said, no, but you know what? Come on in my house. Everything's for sale. <laughs> she came into my house and sure enough, there's five doors leaning against walls in the kitchen in the one room. And I said, I said, well, let's just go around and look a little bit. We'll find one. Sure enough, she found one. I really like that one. I said, it's yours. So, and so Jennifer, I called Jennifer up and told her, oh, which door is it? That one. Oh, she goes, oh, okay. Okay. So, so what do you want with that? And I gave the lady the price and everything like that. And I said, you know why you're here? Take a look around at other things. <laughs> There's only a few items that I know I can't sell because those are items that she does not want to get rid of. Like she has this old, wonderful antique bevel glass thing from her. Is it your grandmother? Great grandmother from her great grandmother. That will, no one will ever touch that. That one is just. Planted, I, you know, planted in our home. That's something that I wouldn't even consider or else I'd be dead. But, you know, I mean, stuff like that. But, you know, for you ladies, how many times has that become a distraction to you where, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking blue, blue would be a good color for that room. Wait a minute. Now, if blue's a good color, then I have to change the drapes and I have to change the drapes. Well, then I have to change this and well, then that's going to kind of, you're walking out of that room into another room and that's going to have to look something that it pulls together. And by, by, before you know it, you've just lost two hours of sleep. Or you're in the middle of your prayer time with the word and you're reading and you're thinking, pink for that, that would look wonderful. <laughs> right? Can become a distraction, can it? So we got to be careful even with things that are seemingly harmless. Sports are not evil, but if they become a distraction to you, then that's something that you really need to keep in check. You know, doing your home. That's not evil. That's something that, that's something that you, you know, ladies really enjoy. I mean, my wife's blessed. I could care less what she does. Whatever she loves, I love. It works for me. She's happy, I'm happy. So, well, I can't say that because there's a couple cases where I'm like, seriously? Come on. <laughs> She's pulling a screen door with something hanging on it in the middle of the kitchen. Really? Okay. But it looks cool. I, I totally dig it. Now, and the thing, I'm like a chameleon. If she likes this type of style tomorrow, I'll like that type of style. That's totally fine. But, you know, I mean, we need to keep those things in perspective. So, carnally minded is things that pull us away from God. Spiritually minded is life and peace. Keeping our minds stayed on the goodness of God. 
uh, and being thankful for the peace of God and keeping our minds stayed on him. And we'll get into more of that. Colossians chapter three, verses one and two says this. If then you were raised with Christ, how many people do I have? Can you raise a hand if you were raised with Christ? Yes, yes, you were. If you're, if you're uh, in love with Jesus and you're born again, then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not of things that are on the earth. Not of things that are on the earth. So God's exhorting us to keep our minds stayed on him. Because why? When we keep our minds stayed on him, he will keep us in what? Perfect peace. peace. Not just peace. Perfect peace. So I'm totally into perfect peace. So I want to keep my mind stayed on the Lord. So what I've been doing lately, um, if you you can turn to Philippians chapter 4 as we're getting there. What I've been doing lately, I told you last time I ministered, I ministered... um, to you about a month ago, I think, and we talked about about just going through the motions with your relationship with God. You know, you can just get to the point where you're still reading the Bible, you're still praying, and you're still going to church, but you're just kind of going through the motions. Well, I've been really trying to make a practice of keeping my mind stayed on the Lord, even in the midst of necessary tasks. You know, people ask us, well, what do you, you know, you're the minister of worship here, right? Yeah, yeah. well, what do you do all day? I kick my feet up and read my Bible. What do you think I do? Of course I don't. There's a lot of tasks that have to get done. I mean, what you guys saw here tonight with, with uh, some of our C20 guys, which by the way, were they not awesome? They were great. Did such a great job. I'm so proud of them. Um, just did a fantastic job. But there's so much that goes into that. I mean, there's um, the, the uh, arrangements. There's the, you know, how are we going to do this? There's sound check. There's getting everything just right. And, and then there's trying to hook you guys up to their trailer hitch and take you along with them as they go. There's a lot that goes into that all week. And you'd be amazed at what we need to do and how many people it takes to do that. But you know what? There's necessary things that you have to get done during the week that quote unquote are not spiritual. You know, making some phone calls, uh, Meadowbrook Live coming up. I know you're thinking July, really? Yes, Meadowbrook Live. We are hard at work at that. I'm working on uh, getting sponsorships now so that we can put on another fantastic. And did I mention it's going to be a fantastic uh, show this year that you'll be able to just invite any and everybody that you know and, and we'll be able to share the gospel with them. I'm working hard on, on trying to get the people on board. We had, get this, this is amazing. All the glory goes to God. We had over 60 businesses last year be a part of Meadowbrook Live and help sponsor that event. Is that awesome? Well, why do you do that? Because we want to keep the ticket prices down to five bucks a person so anybody can come and we can make sure that we make that a community-wide event, which we had over 9,000 people come to last year. Pretty awesome. So, um, but you know, there's a lot that goes on with that, that we have to do that we've got to work on, you know? And, and so I remember getting in the car, it was a couple weeks ago and I was getting in the car and this just kind of came out of my mouth before I could even, um, before I can even, you know, think because it was so much on my mind. I thought I'd just been in meetings all day and I've been working with people and I hadn't really just kind of meditated and kept my mind set on the Lord for, for, you know, hours at a time. And I just, out of my mouth, my son got in the car from basketball practice. He goes to the academy. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I have just not given you the, the time for any thoughts today. And I ask you to forgive me for that, uh, for that today. And my son, Christopher, just looks at me. He's kind of like, 
what are you doing? I said, I'm sorry, buddy. I said, you know, I just realized that, that, you know, as I go throughout my day, it's really important for me to, to take the time to honor the Lord, even just to take one minute at work and just to maybe go for a bathroom break and just take time to thank God for being so good to you. Or, or taking a scripture with you. You know, sometimes you're reading in the morning and a scripture just kind of like in bold letters comes out and it's just, it just becomes real to you. Take that as a cue from God to take that scripture, take it around with you all day long and meditate on God all day long. Think on that scripture. If you want, write it on a little card or stick it in your phone or whatever and pull that out every once in a while and just read it and think about it. That's something that will keep you connected to God. So in Philippians 4.8, did I, did I tell you that we're going to read that? And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix, say fix, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. These are the things that we need to be meditating on all day long to keep us in a place where we are abiding in the presence of God. It's really what I'm trying to talk to you about tonight. It's the practice of abiding in the presence of God all day long. There's an old book out there by Brother Lawrence. He was a monk from, um, gosh, maybe it was back in the 1400s. I can't even remember. It was very, very long ago. But And, and you got to kind of eat the hay, spit out the sticks with the books because he didn't quite have a revelation of his righteousness in Christ and different things. But he taught about fixing his mind and practicing the presence of God all day long. Are you kidding me? Going through my day, dealing with what I have to at work, you want me to practice the presence of God? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm thinking if you cultivate it and make it a discipline of your life, even if you keep falling off the truck, it'll become a point to you where during the day you have a constant awareness of the presence of God in your life. So when challenges come up, you don't fritz out, you don't freak out because the presence of God is ever present there and you know, God will take care of this for me. You you hear what I'm saying? And how many of you could use a little more peace in your life? I know I could. I don't have enough. I I need to kind of live and abide there on a more regular basis. I want to turn over to John chapter 15, verses four and five. And it says this. This is the New King James Version. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me. Say it together. You can do nothing without me. You can do nothing. So we've got to get to a place where we're abiding in the presence of God all day long. First John two twenty eight says, and now little children abide in him, abide in him. Well, what does exactly abiding mean? Abiding means, um, if we're looking back at some of the scriptures we just read, fixing your thoughts upon. If I'm going to, I mean, man, when I met my wife, I mean, for, or, 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 or started dating my wife for the first time. Now we went to school together, but we were kind of in different camps of friends. I kind of knew who she was. She kind of knew who I was, but about a year and a half, two years later, when I was in Chicago, a mutual friend of ours 
introduce us again and we remembered who each other were. Oh, it's good to see you and everything. And, and, um, you know, but when I started dating her, oh man, I could abide on her all day long. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember I, cause she was a flight attendant at the time. So I dropped her off at the airport and I, and I looked down and there was her earring on, on the seat and I grab it and I go, Back then she wore Lulu. I don't know if you remember it. It was weird because the other day we smelled it and it was like, that didn't smell too good. But back then, man, it was just like, oh, it was intoxicating. And I just could abide on her. So I was just, you know, I mean, just crazy in love at that point And even more crazy in love with her today. Uh, and she is more beautiful today than she is then. So... I could just see some of you guys, oh, would you shut up? <laughs> and some of the girls going, why don't you say things like that? But it's the truth. I've been married to her for 21 years, and she's the best decision besides Jesus that I ever made. So I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. But abiding, abiding, I mean, you know, I just, my goodness, I, I couldn't get my mind off of her. I remember I went away for a week to Canada to see my friend and ran up a $178 phone bill, you know, talking to her for a week because I just couldn't stand being away from her. You know, I think when we first got saved or we first asked Jesus to come into our heart, a lot of you were like that too. Yes? Yes, I mean, it was just like you were intoxicated with the idea of God loved you to to despite yourself and who you were, that God loved you and cared for you and cares about you. Then, you know, you go along and you're in a relationship with God for a while. And then, you know, you don't have the little hoony puckers or the God bumps or whatever you want to call them. And maybe some of those motions kind of start to, you know, even out. And now all of a sudden it's, you know, it's okay, wait a minute. You know, I got to get back to, you know, falling in love again with my first love. And so abiding in the presence of God is just making a choice to fix your thoughts on him all day long. And what it does is, is it becomes a point where you can function. Okay, I'm Italian, so we can talk and hold three conversations at once. It's a gift. I know, I know. But I could sit down. I remember this girl I was dating at Rama when I brought her home. And this is how I knew she was not the one for me. We're in a room together and it's my family of 20-something people, cousins and everything you know, Pastor Mike and his family and then all the other family. And we're, t- I, we're having conversations and I'm talking to this person, but I'm still hearing what these two conversations are going on. And I'm transitioning into this one. It, it's, I, it's, a, it's an Italian gift. So, um, you know, when I knew this girl wasn't for me is when we came out. She goes, oh, I got such a headache. And I go, oh, my goodness, can I pray for you? She goes, no, I just need your family to shut up. <laughs> You know, so, you know, that's when I knew that this isn't the one for me, but you know, that's, that's kind of how it is. You get to the point where you're abiding in God's presence and you're functioning and working with people or doing whatever you're doing at work or, or, or stay at home moms, you're taking care of the kids, but there's just this abiding. You are aware that God is real, that he abides on the inside of you by the person of the Holy Spirit. And he is ready at the snap of a finger to jump into action for you. That he loves you. 
that he cares about you. Pastor Tim just taught us this weekend about the reason why we don't have what we want is we don't ask, right? But you're to the point where you're abiding in the presence of God and you have this acute awareness of how good he really is. And what happens is you get so caught up into that and so abiding in his presence all day long that there's a a sense of his presence. It's just like an aura that fills you and just completely saturates everything you do, everything you say, everything you touch, every situation you handle. And all of a sudden you're not walking naturally anymore. You're walking supernaturally in a non-weird way. You're walking supernaturally by the hand of God and everything that you touch turns to gold. Relationships business decisions, family matters, everything. It just turns to gold. Now, do you have not have, do you not have a flesh moment anymore? Well, sorry, I hate to tell you that because the flesh is ever present with us, but we're not dominated by any sin anymore because now we have a new nature on the inside. So you're just completely enveloped and you become so acutely aware that this joy unspeakable and full of glory that the Bible talks about, man, you're living it on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. That's what I want to live in, you know, and here again, let me say it again. Pastor Tim's told us a thousand times. You don't have to be weird to be spiritual. You don't. Amen. You know, you don't. I mean, you just can walk around and just be relatable. Paul said, I become all things to all men. What was Paul saying? I become relatable to whoever I talk to. You know, I, I, I supernaturally, but naturally interact with people and just spread Jesus everywhere I go. You know, how many of you would like to have more of that work in an act in your life? I see by raised hand, that's something that you'd like to see happen in your life. Me too. Me too. So I just say that we get to work on this and we just start to abide in the presence of God. I have an excerpt from a book that I've been reading. It's an amazing book by an amazing lady of prayer. Her name's Lynn Hammond. Uh, and it's a book called devotions for the praying heart. If you'd like to get it, um, it's, you can find it online under Living Word uh, Minneapolis. They're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can get on their website and order. It's a, a big devotional book. But she is one of the most incredible uh, people of prayer I've, I've ever been around. I've got the privilege and the honor of praying with her at times. And she travels all over the world um, ministering. And she said this about what we're talking about tonight. The amazing thing about the process of continually turning inward toward the Lord and becoming aware of him is this. It is extraordinarily simple. There is nothing showy or pretentious about it. In fact, it's not an outward act at all. It is totally an action of the heart. Oh, by the way, Pastor Scott, I will give you that book back. Sorry about that. I borrowed it from Pastor Scott. It's been a long borrow, though. When you make that shift, oh, excuse me, I got to go back. Uh, In fact, it's not an outward act at all. It's totally an action of the heart. It's just an inner shift that allows you to settle down and rest in the fact that God is there abiding within you. When you make that shift, your affections will immediately be drawn toward the Lord. You may not even have a conscious thought that you could put into words Yet the awareness of his presence and his love will begin washing over your soul. 
your heart will respond to his nearness and you'll know what the psalmist meant when he wrote, this is Psalm 84, verses 1 through 4, how lovely are your tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul yearns, yes, even pines, and is homesick for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. Yes, the sparrow has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house and in your presence. They will be singing your praises all day long. To be able to say that. And then what I love about Lynn is she's one of those people who just inspires intimacy in your relationship with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, can I tell you this? I didn't plan on touching on this, but let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit is a person. I know we know that, but I just want you to think about that for a minute. He is a person. And as Pastor Tim exhorted us from Sunday, from the weekend... <laughs> I'm going to get that right one of these times. As he exhorted us from the weekend, the God of all the universe wants to talk to you. And I, I was sharing this morning with, with music staff. We had a meeting and, 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 and Mike Q said this to me. He said, you know, sometimes it's not just getting to that place of prayer, but it's, it's feeling overwhelmed about what do I pray about first? You ever get there? Ever feel like that? I'm just so overwhelmed with life right now. I don't even know where to begin to pray. Is that anybody else or is that just me? You know, you get to that point. But the Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. He's part of the Godhead. And this is what's amazing. He lives in you. So stop looking outward for God. Because the God, by the person of the Holy Spirit, literally abides within you think about that for a minute the holy spirit abides and lives within you so therefore when you go to face a situation there is nothing that is too hard for god there is no situation that you can't overcome there is no situation that that is going to take you out and take you under because god of all the universe by the person of the Holy Spirit lives and abides inside of you. And he's going to tell you exactly what to pray, exactly what to do, exactly how to handle a situation. It's not some magic pill. It's real deal stuff, real deal stuff. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. And so I suggest that we take some time and we just get before and get into the presence of God and just tap into that place and do just like Jesus did. He went from place of prayer to place of prayer with what in between miracles. Place of prayer to place of prayer. And then what happened in the middle of those places of prayer was just miracles. So I want to encourage you to start abiding at which involves turning inward into your heart. And turning toward God. Does that make sense to you? You understand that? You, you get what I'm talking about? I mean, just sitting there in the morning and maybe taking a few minutes and just say this out loud. Holy Spirit, you abide on the inside of me. Right now, you're here with me. It doesn't matter if I feel you or if I have goosebumps or not. You're here with me right now. 
And I just want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your presence, whether I feel it or not. But boy, is it wonderful when you do feel it. I believe God wants us to have that sense where we're so in touch, so in tune with what's on the inside of us or who's on the inside of us that we sense his presence all day long. And the way that you do that and the way I want to encourage you is Pastor Tim's going to be talking about prayer for the next two weekends in a row. And especially he's going to be talking about praying in the spirit. One of the most wonderful ways I find personally praying with the help of and in the Holy Spirit. One of the most wonderful ways that I find to connect with God. If that's not something that you have or or you have never prayed in a heavenly prayer language before, that's something that you can have. And Pastor Tim's going to be, we don't have time to go into that now, but Pastor Tim will be touching on that and really sharing with you what the word of God says over the next couple weekends. Don't miss it no matter what you do. Amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Awesome.